0: Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Turn your Bibles with me um, to Matthew chapter twenty-one. Matthew chapter twenty-one, and we will begin today in verse twenty-three. In this passage, um, the scribes and the chief priests, so the religious leaders, come to Jesus and they ask him a question about where his authority comes from. And this question of authority um, is vital for how we live our lives today. In our society today, authority is mocked. (laughs) Authority is not something we want to submit to. Uh, Everyone does what is right in their own eyes, just like the book of Judges. Nobody can judge me. Nobody can tell me what to do. No one can be a higher authority than the individual self. Does that make sense? Jesus was asked what his authority was, what basis his authority is. And the church today has an authority that we are speaking from. God has spoken in a book. God has spoken in the Bible. Jesus came as the Word made flesh. He dwelled among His people. He walked as a human being and He was accompanied by witnesses. Twelve disciples. He also appeared to the Apostle Paul who wrote half the New Testament. And we have here a true account of what happened 2,000 years ago when Jesus came and when the authors of Scripture wrote, they were writing on the authority of God Himself. The Holy Spirit filled these apostles and writers of Scripture as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us. And when we open the Bible, we can be sure we hear a word from God. This is not merely a word from man. It is not merely man writing about his encounters with the divine. No, the Bible is God-breathed, the Word of God written down for us. And that is the authority that Christians, that the, that the church speaks with. And the world does not accept our authority. It does not accept the Word of God. The issues of our day. When you look at our culture, when you look at society today, the issues today that divide us are issues that come down to what is said in God's Word. What does God say about humanity? In Genesis chapter 1, it tells us that Human beings are created, male and female, in God's image. We are not just an accident of nature. We're not just uh, the process, the, the, the culmination of a process of evolution, but God breathed life into us. And we bear the image of God. Human beings are glorious because we are made in the, in the image of God himself. That means human beings of all ages, of all sizes, of all uh, mental capacities, whether someone uh, is, is uh, in a coma, if there's still life there, and they can't do anything, that is a person created in the image of God who deserves respect and value. And whether someone is not born yet, but a human life is created, that is a person who deserves respect and value because they are made in the image of God, I'm starting out this way, because today is sanctity of human life Sunday. Um, for the last 50 years, Christians have recognized sanctity of human life Sunday as a day we remember the value of human life. And, and we we remember this because of the decision of Roe versus Wade. This is the first sanctity of human life Sunday, since that decision was overturned. And then we ask ourselves again: What is the authority that the Bible speaks from? What is the authority that we speak from? We we have no other authority but the Word of God as the church. We we speak from the Bible. Human life is valuable because we are created in the image of God. Regardless of size, regardless of location, we are valuable human beings. Now, all that to get to, again, the issue of authority Our culture denies the authority of the Bible. It denies the authority of God. And the Pharisees, or not the Pharisees, but the scribes and the religious leaders, they came to Jesus with a question of authority. We'll go ahead and read our text beginning in verse 23. And when he entered the temple, the chief priests And they discussed it among themselves, saying, if we say from heaven, he will say to us, then why did you not believe him? But if we say from man, we are afraid of the crowd, for they will they all hold that John was a prophet. And so they answered Jesus, we do not know. And he said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. What do you think? A man had two sons, and he went to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard. And he answered, I will not. But afterward, he changed his mind and went. And he went to the other son and said the same. And he answered, I go, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said, the first Jesus said to them, truly, I say to you, the tax collectors and prostitutes go into the kingdom of God before you God, For John came to you in the way of righteousness and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and prostitutes believed him. And even when you saw it, you did not afterwards change your minds and believe him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you speak to us clearly about what you want us to know about you, about how to live our lives, about the value that we have. And Father, Lord, I just uh, pray that you would open our eyes and our ears and our minds. And Lord, I pray that you would Give me strength as I preach your word this morning. In Jesus name. Amen. The beginning in verse 23. He said it says when he entered the temple. The chief priests and the elders of the people came up to him. Now Jesus had been in the temple. Uh, we know um, the, the passage before last week. He had gone into the temple and he had cleansed it. He had gone in and he drove out the money changers. Because they had turned his house. Uh, the, the house of God, the temple, into a marketplace. They had turned what was holy into something that was a means for their profit and for ripping people off. Then last week we saw he dealt with, uh, um, um, he cursed this fig tree as he was on his way returning to the city again. And here he is back in the temple. So he's there at the temple, teaching and while he's teaching, these priests and elders of the people came up to him and they asked him this question, "By what authority are you doing these things and who gave you authority?" That's a, that's a pretty reasonable question if they didn't already know the answer. They wouldn't have had to know the answer. Uh, I mean they wouldn't have had to ask the question because it would probably it should have been clear. Jesus was healing the blind. He was healing uh, the lame and the sick. And he was even raising the dead. I mean, it should have been clear that Jesus had the authority of God. And yet they ask him, maybe trying to trick him, trying to snare him in something that they could accuse him with. They ask him, by what authority do you do these things? It is an important question. Because... Whether Jesus was truly God, whether Jesus' uh, ministry was from heaven, depended on the basis of His authority. Was He just doing this on His own? Was He just doing this because He was a part of the cultural milieu of of First Temple Judaism? Or Second Temple Judaism? No. No. He was doing this because he was God in the flesh. But they did not want to recognize that. They came to Jesus and they asked him, "Who? by what authority are you doing these things? And Jesus, because he knows and because he can see through any kind of a trick or a trap, he says, I'm going to ask you a question. I'll answer you with a question. You know, sometimes we answer a question with a question. It's one of the best ways to do it. Get somebody to figure it out on their own. Or sometimes we know that person knows what they're supposed to do. Maybe they're just trying to avoid it. So they ask you. An answer with a question. Jesus answers with a question. He says, I'll, I'll answer you with one question, and if you tell me the answer, I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. And Jesus points to the baptism of John. John, uh, John the Baptist was Jesus' kinsman, his cousin, John had come before Jesus slightly. He had come uh, in the wilderness preparing a way for the Messiah. his, His ministry all was about pointing to Jesus that was coming. And his ministry was one where he claimed, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's what he preached. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's, it's here. It's coming. The Messiah is going to be here. That's what John preached. And he said, because the kingdom is coming, it's time to repent. Stop your hypocrisy. Stop all, the, all, all of what you're doing and be baptized. The baptism there was a sign of repentance. Saying, I'm breaking with my old life. And I'm going to be a repentant person is what John's baptism was all about. Not just his baptism, but when Jesus references John's baptism, it's it's a reference to John's entire ministry. So whenever Jesus asks the baptism of John, where did it come from, from heaven or from men? He's asking them, was John the Baptist for real? Was, Was he really a prophet? Was he really sent from God or was he just... A voice crying in the wilderness. There was nothing to be listened to. Jesus, uh, the the religious leaders that were there, they discuss it. They're considering their political options. They don't believe in Jesus, but they know if they say that it was from heaven... And Jesus is obviously going to ask him, well, why didn't you believe him? Why didn't you repent? Why didn't you do what John was saying to do? Why didn't you believe that the kingdom was coming? And ultimately, if they say that he's from heaven, that John, John's ministry was from heaven, John's ministry was all pointing to Jesus. So they'd have their answer to their question. If John's ministry was from heaven then so was Jesus' ministry because they were connected. And then they consider, that if we say it's for man, we're afraid. If we say it's for man, the crowds will be mad at us. We've got to keep our political clout. We've got to make sure we please the people. And so we, we, we can't really admit what we really think. We've got to, we, can't, we can't say that it's from man. You know, there are many churches that have abandoned the Bible. There are preachers, there are ministers who have all kinds of degrees after their names. And if you ask them, is the Bible really God's Word, they're going to be stuck in the same position as the religious leaders in Jesus' day. Because if they say, well, yes, it is, then they need to change their ways. They need to preach it like it's God's Word instead of finagling around to try to get around it. And if... They say, well, no, it's not. Then they won't have anybody to preach to. Who's going to come to hear a message that's just somebody's opinion? We come here because we want to hear God's word. There are preachers who are just like these religious leaders. don't believe in the truth of this message, but they can't admit it because then they'd lose their opportunities for a crowd. Then they answer Jesus, we don't know. It's kind of like what those preachers might say. Well, it's a complicated issue and really just I don't feel like I can really get into that. They say, they don't know. And Jesus said, well, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. The truth is these these religious leaders, they did not believe Jesus. They did not believe his authority was from God when they asked him the question. And Jesus saw right through their unbelief And he put them on the spot. Then Jesus tells a parable, and it it seems maybe at the beginning like it's somewhat unrelated, but at the end we see that they are connected. Jesus says, what do you think? A man has two sons. And when he went to the first and said, son, go and work in the vineyard today. And he answered, I will not. But afterwards he changed his mind and went. You see the situation here? Like, let's just say, I'm going to use my wife and I as an example. And sometimes she's asked me if I could take the trash out. And I have grumbled. (laughs) Like, oh, oh, I just got home. I don't feel like taking the trash out. And I don't say no necessarily, but I just, she can tell in my grumble that I'm like, I don't want to do this, but then I'll go, I'll gather the trash up and I'll take it out. Then there's other times when I'm sitting out on the couch doing what I like to do whenever I'm just vegging out and she'll come up to me and says, Jared, can you, can you take out the trash? And what do I say? I'll say, I'll get to it. (laughs) I'll get to it. And I'm saying, I'll do it. Time goes by, time goes by, time goes by. She finally gets tired of waiting and she does it herself. It happens. I just have to be honest. In fact, it's happening in process right now. I've got a load of trash ready to take out when I get home. So, in which time am I doing what my wife asked me? It's the time when I go and do it, regardless of how I feel. And here, uh, John, uh, well, not John, but Jesus here, he tells about these two sons. One of them he's asked to go into the vineyard, and at first he's like, no. But then later he's thinking, you know, I really ought to do that. And so he goes and he works in the field like his father asked him to. And the other, maybe he, he, he wants to maybe get his father to, you know, just kind of get, to, get him to go away. <laughs> or maybe he, 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 uh, he just wants to get on his father's good side. And he's like, oh, yes, yes, I'll go do it. But then when his father walks away, and there's nobody watching or anything. He just he doesn't do it. He doesn't follow through. Jesus asked, which one did the will of the father? Of course, it's the one, the first one. And the Pharisees could see that. Jesus then says, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and prostitutes go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and prostitutes believed him. What does this have to do with this story about the two men, two sons? The story about the two sons was about these religious leaders. The religious leaders, these religious people who were all, you know, um, high and mighty about how, how great and religious they are, they were just hypocritical. They, they they wanted to put on a show and said, Oh yes, we're gonna follow God, we're gonna do what he says. But when the Messiah comes, they don't believe in him. Then you have, on the other hand, He he names tax collectors and prostitutes. The tax collectors were the lowest of the low in Jewish society because they were traitors. They were doing the will of the Romans. The Romans uh, were oppressing the Jewish people and they would get tax—they would get Jews to come and work for them to, to, get, to do a shakedown, get money from their own people to go to the Roman government. They were traitors. And Jesus says they will go into heaven, they will go into the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, before these religious leaders who say all the right things But don't really believe. Prostitutes. They will go into the kingdom of heaven before these religious leaders who say all the right things. They dot all their I's, they cross all their T's, they've got the perfect orthodox statements of belief, and yet they're hypocrites. The Pharisees did not accept Jesus' authority in this first part because they didn't believe in Him. But there were people who do. The ones who may have started their lives out as a wreck. The prostitutes, the addicts, the alcoholics, Those who are maybe the ones who society says, oh, don't worry about them. Just the ones who the world is tempted to just kick to the curb. Jesus says those people will go into heaven before the ones who are just a show. You know, it's easy to come to a text like this and be able to point at other people and say, oh, yeah, look at those religious people. <laughs> look at those religious people. Oh, they're just a bunch of hypocrites. But, you know, we really need to let this sink in. We come to church on Sunday, we pray. Like the people in Jeremiah's day, they had sacrifices, but they didn't obey. God didn't want to have any of it. This is not a message that we need to say is for just those people on the outside. We need to consider it's for us. Have we sometimes used our... Religious position to look good in front of people and not obeyed what he said. Do we come to church so that people will see us, or do we really believe what's in this book? Do we accept this authority? Do we accept that this authority can tell us what to do? Tell us how to live. Not the preacher. This book. Can this book tell us how we're to live? We need to accept his authority. Now, the thankful thing is Jesus calls us to repentance. We recognize when we have been hypocritical, when we have have strayed from where He should be, we should be. He says, Repent. Repent. Turn to Him. Tax collectors and prostitutes can get in. The lowest of the low. If they repent, and we can repent. We can repent, turn away from our religiosity and turn to passionately following Jesus. Believing in Him. Believe this book. Believe that Jesus Christ came and lived among human beings and died in our place to take our sin upon Himself. As I've been preaching so far, I haven't gotten to the cross yet. You know, it might sound like a bunch of moralism and pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps, but that's not what it is. See, Jesus came because none of us could be perfect. None of us could do all of this ourselves. Jesus came and He died on a cross to be our substitute. When we fall short, when we don't believe like we ought to believe, That's not an excuse to keep on going in our unbelief. But when we find ourselves in that, we can plead the mercy of Jesus because He died for us. He paid the price. He bought us with His blood. So wherever you are in your life, Whatever hypocrisy you see remaining in your own life, whatever unbelief you may see remaining in your own life, where you may find that you don't want to submit to God's authority in His Word, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. I'm not saying fix all that and then come to Jesus. No. Look to Jesus first and He'll change it all. Look to Him. Look to him. He can take the tax collector or the prostitute and flip them inside out. (laughs) He changes us from the inside out and we can become glorious sons and daughters of God. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.